On this week's episode, we are going to talk about the UK recession. We are officially, and I'm putting quotation marks because it's a technical recession, which we'll explain in this episode, in a recession. Now, for a lot of people, you might be very scared about this, but do not fear. On this week's episode, we will break down what it means, a recession. We will let you know and make you understand the impact of a recession and equipped you with knowledge, tools to navigate this economic storm. But before we get started, I'd just like to start with a disclaimer. This podcast is for information purposes only. Matters discussed are not intended to provide and should not be relied on for investment, accounting, legal, tax or financial recommendations. The views and opinions presented are those of the host. Please seek independent, professional, financial advice related to your personal circumstances. Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of Take Flight Podcast. This is episode number 224. And on this week's episode, we are going to deep dive into a topic that a lot of you might feel heavy about. But trust me, it's crucial you know how to navigate this moment. But before we get into the topic about the UK recession, let's do a different type of check-in. So I'm not going to ask you guys how you're doing. I'm going to assume you're well. If you're not, give me a call after the podcast and we can talk. (laughs) Uh, But I liked what P did a few episodes ago where he asked us a question on the spot. So the question I wanted to ask the other host of Take Flight Podcast is, if you had the chance, right, to do anything, any career, be anyone, right, career-wise, what would it be? And I'll start off so that you get some sort of context, and then I'll pass it on to the host. So for myself, right, if I wasn't a finance director, what would I be doing right now? Hmm. <laughs> now playing i've already thought about this because it was my question but um i would be a sports coach um i would be a football or sports coach really working with um children from the age of around six to twelve and just doing coaching because i've gained so much benefit from sports through my life i feel like it's a great work a great way to do confidence um building great way to teach kids around respect, discipline, um, great way to teach them how to be a team, teamworking, all of those elements. And if I look back at my life and all the different jobs and moments where I've been the happiest and felt the most in my purpose, I would say it would be some level of sports coach, predominantly around football, because, you know, for people that know me, I could have made it if it wasn't for my knee here and there but um, yeah it'll be a sports coach focusing on working with kids really to develop them build their confidence and give back in the community right so that's my side I'm gonna pass it on to Shua um, if you could have any career do anything what would it be I was really banking on you to not pick on me Oli because I, I've just noticed the trend guys whenever we do these 
unexpected round robins. I'm always the first one to be picked. So just a, just a trend that I'm noticing. Um, Bolu, great question. I think this actually builds very nicely on our last group episode where Pubilo asked us also a fantastic question. So in case the listeners missed that episode, I would highly recommend to go back to that and check it out. I think with this question, if I had to play in a different arena than the one that I'm in now, the first one that came to mind was something in education. I, I've seen firsthand the benefit that a good education combined with strong parenting has had on my life in terms of impact, outlook, and ambition. And I think if there was a way to systemize that, whether it's through a academy or whether it's through multiple schools in a trust and a leadership role, I think something in education where you can heighten the ambitions of the pupils involved would be something that would definitely be interested to pursue. I think the other area that has come to mind, and I know I'm avoiding your specific answer that you were looking for because you were thinking about roles, etc. I'm probably thinking more about areas, would be something in healthcare, because even though I'm it's, it's an arena that I am within healthcare, I think the reason why I would double down in that area is because I think healthcare is something that if you have the foundations in place from a young age, then it can lead to a healthier, longer, um, better life over the long run. And I think that leads to great economic opportunities later on. So I think those are the two areas I would be I'm playing gonna, in. I'm going to not let you off the hook. In terms of healthcare, just... you say you want to be a doctor or you say <laughs> you want to be like, give us a little bit more flavor. There I would, the I would, I would like to be a role. I would like to be in a role in healthcare where I could impact millions of people. Okay. Still on the fence, can, but can I'll just, let you go. Can I just say these answers are very safe. Exactly. They're just, they're just very safe. Including yours, Olu. Mine's not safe. Mine's the truth. What are you going to say? Magic Mike? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you want to do? What do you want to be, Pete? Daniel, why don't you go? Daniel, why don't you no, go no, next? No. I think, I think Pete, the way, the Pete, no, no, the way no, no, that you, no. the way that you loaded it up, you have to take the next. Pete, to, Pete wants to, to be the next Sergio Ramos going to music yeah, exactly. I like. <laughs> at the age of 34. I've, 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 I feel with the answers that Sean and Olu have given, they have given the next best thing that they would do in their current career. So they, I, th- I feel they haven't expanded. Okay, let me, let, let me go then. Let me right? go. And they haven't dreamt. So I just personally go myself because there's a number of different ways that you can... <laughs> Let's guess. There's a number number of different ways. Excuse me, listeners. I'm just actually reading the um, the private chat that we have and Shuel has typed in something which um, I'm unable to share. And so, um, yeah, I, I would... I expected to hear things like, I would, I would want to be the president of the prime minister of the country or the, I don't, the president. I don't, I don't have that aspiration. Of, you don't have that aspiration. Interesting. Um, no, no, or I, at least for you, I, I thought maybe Can something sports related. So for, so for myself, I'll just quickly go out there without thinking too hard because I think there's a number of different roles. I would love to be um, an undefeated uh, world champion boxer who is just, you know, an expert mastery in his space has been doing it since the age of five and has been able to achieve the heights of heights in the space. And I've inspired millions of people around the world. And that would be a great career that I would love to do something totally different than what I'm doing. That's where I think that's where I thought you guys were going to go, but clearly not. So that's, that's me cool. boxing or, 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 or NBA, but something in that space, but undefeated. Which weight <laughs> class heavyweight or 
Well, well, wait. No, you see me. Light, light heavyweight. You see. <laughs> light heavy. <laughs> cool. That's a good one. That's a good one, Daniel. I, I think. I think. I think. If I. If I. If I. If I um, weighed myself just based on you know the cut no, and you... everything, I think. I think I'll be heavyweight. No, I, I think so. I think it's 90 kgs. No, I, I think I'll be... Is it 90? Yeah, 90. I'm just I under. I think you'll be heavyweight. Um, oh, yeah, Daniel. So can you repeat the question? Because I've kind of forgotten it. <laughs> I think... What on, would you... you what... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, you've got you, distracted. If you could pick <laughs> a theory... Yeah, yeah, for the sake of time, um, I want to be the first black man on the moon. That's an answer. That's exactly what I was nah. expecting to hear. No, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh. No fascination with space. Um, <laughs> I if, like, I could pick, <laughs> if I could pick another career, I think I've shared this with you on the podcast before. I'd like to be in the field of medicine, a medical doctor. Um, my area of focus would be cardiology. I've always been fascinated by the anatomy and also, but particularly the heart as an organ. And that's been my interest is even till today. So and without kind of making up, yeah, compi. Can I ask you a question? When was sure. the last time you, re- you read a book or you read any research papers around that particular field? Like two, three weeks ago? Don't lie. No, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. <laughs> like, to, 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 the, no, to the point of... I've known you. I've known you for how many years? No, and this is the 50. first time I'm hearing it. This is your deep no, It's not the first time he's mentioned it. No, it's not, I've actually mentioned it before. Even to the point of what, just over what... Melissa was trying to encourage me to go and do um, GMAT and do to study to become mm. like a doctor. And I said, you know, it's the part, it's part of the, that, like, not right now, probably isn't the best time to take a huge hit in um, income with a child, etc. Now is probably not the right time to do it. So I've kind of decided not, I wouldn't go down that route. But I had a conversation with, you know, Melissa's midwife at the time, and she was really encouraging me to do so. I was like, no, no, it's really, that time has really passed. But yeah. <clears throat> That's that. You, great learn that too. Get me. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mike Tyson. Yeah. I, I think for the listeners, in case you um, weren't able to see what Pavila just did, he was just doing some mimicking some boxing movements. But as you all know, his knees aren't what they used to be, so he's done all of this sitting down. So anyway, back to you, Ali. Thank you. I hope the listeners have enjoyed that introduction and got to know the hosts a little bit better. But let's get back to the podcast. So just to give the listeners a background on recession, let's first explain what is a recession. So a recession happens when an economy shrinks for two quarters in a row. So you've got something called GDP. So if you have two quarters of negative GDP, you are technically in a recession. Now, GDP stands for gross domestic products. So the way to think about that is basically looking at adding up your goods and services provided in the country. So for this purpose, we're talking about the UK. Now, signs of if you are in a recession typically are rising unemployment. Um, You see decreases in business activities and then falling wages or investment in that particular economy. Those are areas where you see a shrinkage, uh, reduction in the activities happening in that particular economy. Now, just a high-level snapshot of the UK economy. Now, the British economy um, fell into a technical recession 
in the second half of 2023. Now, this tough backdrop was ahead of sort of the elections that we're expecting end of this year, sort of beginning of next year, where Rishi Sunak promised a boost or a boost in our growth. We didn't see that. We saw that our GDP in Q4 dropped by around 0.3% um, from the month of um, the last three months from December. And prior to that, from July to September, we saw a decline of 0.1. So like I mentioned before, technical recession is where you have two negative GDP. So the negative 0.3 and the negative 0.1. Now, how did we get here? The chancellor mentioned that the reason we're in this particular environment is because of high inflation, right? That high inflation drove us to be in a high interest rate environment. Currently, the Bank of England rate is at around 5.2%. Everything that's happened from the last few years, if you remember, it feels like it's a long time ago. November 2021, we were at around 0.1% interest rates. We are now at 5.25%. What happens when interest rates are higher? People stop borrowing debt. That leads to people cutting back in terms of their spend, which then impacts the big thing that I mentioned before, GDP, gross domestic products. So people will spend less in terms of services and also goods and products, right? So that's how we got to where we are. I hope that gives everyone sort of a background on what recession means, the technical definition of that, Um, a snapshot, high level snapshot of the UK economy. But I want to double click and drill down into the economy. So I'm going to start off with you, Shuwa. Why don't you drill down on sort of, like I mentioned, the unemployment rate, CPI, GDP, and sort of the retail sales of the UK? Great. Thank you, Olu, for a, a great summary for, for all of us to to dive into and also a great topic, which I think is very important for listeners to ensure that they get their grips on this uh, big topic, especially during the, the, the rest of 2024, where it will definitely have an impact. So if I start with a few of the, the key figures that you that you mentioned, let's start with inflation, right? Because a lot of this is stemming from the inflation levels and trying to get inflation under control, which was one of uh, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's priorities for 2023. So as we are all aware, inflation skyrocketed in recent years driven mainly because of all the money printing that has happened during the pandemic to keep the economy running and to keep everything going, really, when everything had shut down. Now, during that period, inflation had got up to almost 11 12%, which are rates of inflation that we haven't seen in the UK in decades. And this is something that we saw across many countries, not just in the UK, but also a lot of Western economies and other economies across the globe. Now, to get that under control, as you mentioned, Olu, interest rates were one lever that the Bank of England decided to install. Um, and increasing the, the interest rates, that has led to inflation coming down considerably. Now, inflation coming down considerably means that it's gone from rates of 11%, which is a year-over-year of, year year price increase. So that's what inflation means. To now that now we are in the, the, the range of around 4%. So it's still a considerably high level versus historical figures where we've averaged around 1% to 3% in previous decades. But now we've definitely come down from the 11% highs that we saw last year and the year year before. 
But what does that mean in terms of the economy? So if the prices of everything have gone up, yes, people's uh, salaries have also gone up if they've been able to change roles as well. Um, but this ultimately still means that prices are higher. And if prices are higher for goods, then naturally this will mean a reduction in the demand. And if the reduction in demand is coming through, then that will naturally mean that the economy, uh, GDP growth is also going to reduce as well. So I think going to your point, Olu, about us entering a technical recession, we have seen two quarters of GDP declining, driven by inflation and retail sales, which has also decreased by one and a half percent. And now we are in a technical recession. But one variable that I would end on for everyone to be aware of is in a technical recession, as Olu has mentioned already very clearly in his introduction, you would also expect to see the unemployment rate start to come up. But actually, at the moment, based on the latest data, the unemployment rate in our economy is around 3.8%. Now, this was almost above 5% during the pandemic, where employers had to cut back, jobs were cut, because no one really knew what was going to happen in the in the pandemic. But now it has stabilized around the 3.84% range. And whenever we've been in a recession in the past, to try and um, control inflation, as already mentioned, to try and um, manage the recession environment that businesses become, uh, become into, then they do start to reduce the number of employees, which will increase the unemployment rate. So at the moment, a 3.8% unemployment rate is quite low. Uh, and just based on previous recessions, that probably needs to increase to ensure that the economy balances back to where it should be to get back into growth. So those are some of the variables that I wanted to, to talk about, the inflation that we hopefully have under control, the unemployment rate, which is at a low rate, but definitely needs to increase. And then overall, the impact this has had on on GDP, which we have seen in Q3 and Q4 last year, actually reverse and decline in, in size rather than grow. Thanks, Joao. Mm. Like you mentioned, right, um, the jobless rate is still very low, which even though we are in a recession, right, technical recession, is something we should be happy about. So it feels like people are probably holding cash versus a situation where we've seen historically in other recessions Whereas because businesses are laying off people and now those people have less money to spend because they're basically worrying about the critical fixed, um, fixed costs like rent, et cetera, versus spending on the new Apple Vision um, goggles or other products, um, which will impact uh, GDP. But mm. what I find kind of strange, and I'll probably move it over to Daniel, is the UK is in a recession, but other countries such as the US are not. I look, I have some currencies in in dollars, right? And I've seen that the pound is starting to get weaker against the dollar and the euros. What can the Bank of England do? Is it all the Bank of England's fault? Because like I mentioned before, the reason we're here is because interest rates are higher, people are not spending. So yeah, talk to me about the Bank of England and also the comparison between why we are in a recession and other countries are not in a recession yet. Well, firstly, I don't think the Bank of England really care about whether we enter a recession or not. What they're trying to do is curb, in, curb inflation. And mm -hmm. how they're going to curb inflation, as we've mentioned so many times on this podcast, is through higher interest rates. So that's what the Bank of England will continue to do to tackle inflation is to increase interest rates. Because, of course, ultimately, in higher interest rates helps to slow down price rises. That's because um, the higher interest rate will reduce how much is spent across the UK. We've already gone into GDP and how that affects the economy and what that measures. 
But when you look at sort of recession compared to the UK versus other countries and its peers, I was looking at the top 10 economies in the G10. So the G10 currencies, the top 10 countries in that. Of course, the US being number one, number two being Japan, and third being the UK. And on the same day that the recession was announced in the UK, the second largest G10 economy, Japan, also announced that they were in a recession. And the reason is Japan's economy has contracted, well, Japan's recession has con- is, is relinked to its contraction and the shrinking population. So in 2022, the nation's population declined by 800,000, marking the 14th consecutive year of contraction. And that limits the country's ability to grow because it means fewer people make and consume fewer things. We will naturally compare the UK to the US for many, many reasons. The US being the biggest economy and the UK seem to think that we're, you know, siblings of the US. To some degree, we could be, we could be, but maybe distant relatives, especially when you think about the way each of us live in the respective countries. And the, the, the question that we can easily pose and ask is, could the US, the world's largest economy, be next? And far from it, some may say. And that's because the state of the US economy right now is the polar opposite. So what we've, what we've seen in the U, UK and Japan, the polar opposite has occurred in the US. So in the past two quarters, the nation's economy experienced a much higher than expected GDP growth. And that's due in large part to its robust consumer spending that has been taking place. The US economy has an edge over most advanced economies thanks to its $5 trillion that in the pandemic stimulus money, which continues to help bolster household finances. Another advantage is being less dependent on Russian energy, making it less vulnerable than many other countries in the, in the surge in natural gas prices that followed in the full-scale invasion of Ukraine in February two years ago. So ultimately, will there be a recession in 2024? And the US economy could be in a recession right now, but without Americans actually knowing it. That's because the economy isn't broadly and officially considered to be in a recession until a relatively unknown group of eight economists say so. Mm-hmm. So that's a key difference between the US and the UK. And that group known as the Business Cycle Dating Committee at the National Bureau of Economic Research judges the onset of a recession retroactively based upon a significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy and lasts more than a few months. So there's no fixed rule about what that involves, but it could include factors like a spike in the unemployment rate, and they, we will know that they have job supports in the US every week, falling income, a major drop in spending, or a negative economic growth rate. But importantly, two consecutive negative quarters of GDP don't always qualify as a recession. The US experienced that actually in 2022, and the NBER committee didn't actually announce a recession. So whether they enter one this year, it's kind of up to these... So they're changing the goalposts. You, you could argue that. Yeah, you could argue that. <laughs> but, you know, even just, just, to, just to end on, the fact that the UK announced last week that we're technically in a recession or in a technical recession, it doesn't really change our behaviour. I think the fact that they announce it changes people's behaviour as opposed to anything else. Because if we're in a recession and we could have been in one last year, no one knew until they, what, until someone comes out and says it, no one actually changes the way they, they act or their, their relation to money. I like that. And we, we were actually asked the question of, at the end, if you guys felt like we were in a recession in 2023, mm. and then for the listeners, 
what are some of the things you'll do based on this new information. But before we get there, I want to get P's opinion and views on, we've obviously talked about the bank side. There's an, uh, another stakeholder in this whole scenario. It's the government, right? If you guys remember um, our friend Kwasi, <laughs> the last time there was a massive budget, I, I I remember how afraid I was after that budget. Everything yeah. just felt like it was falling down and crashing. So we've obviously got Jeremy Hunt as the chancellor. Um, and we've actually got um, a budget, UK budget scheduled for the 6th of March. Also, like I mentioned before, we've got a UK general election that's going to be held before the 28th of January, 2025. So we obviously know during election, the government needs to show a good economy, right? That's a, yeah. a, a reality that we're in. So P, why don't you talk about what your expectation is from the UK budget and also what the government's going to do coming up to the general election? So I think this is actually going to be a very uh, tough pitch for any government in this upcoming election. And when I was looking into this and just sort of reading the different reports and, and just trying to understand... I mean, we, we can go into whether we're surprised about the UK's current economic state um, later. But I, I, for one, am very, very concerned at the next couple of years within this UK uh, economy. And there's actually a, a very neat um, statistic that showed 15 years prior to 2007, the British productivity was at a rate of 27%. From 2007 onwards, that's dropped to 1.5%. So we, are, we have been staggering for the last 10 to 15 years. That's a fact. Um, we have, you know, little to no growth in living standards, low economic growth, and also low productivity growth. If you take those facts and figures and you also look at the information that the Office Budget of Responsibility, the OBR, have recently um, put out. So they've actually revised their outlook as of seven months ago. So they said that they expected um, us to grow in 2024 by 1.8%. That's now dropped to 0.7%. In 2025, they said 2.5%. That's dropped to 1.4%. And in 2026, they predicted the 2.1% growth dropped down to 1.9%. So this comes into the point around it becomes very, very difficult for any government to pitch, uh, you know, a case of growth, which is obviously going to be the focus point for the upcoming election. And I think whilst Rishni Sutnak has a lot of um, pros around him, I think it's it, they, they do say he's losing his votes to convince the public even further. Coming into this current budget, the, the number one conversation which in the end is actually not going to help, I think, the overall argument, if you're someone who of the public is really looking into the details, is going to be around taxes. If you look, Daniel's spoken about the US and other countries, and one of the ways to stimulate uh, in the economy is to cut taxes or to make adjustment in taxes, because then people can earn more, then you can actually attract levels of investment, um, and that can actually be a way to boost the economy. It's also something that they can actually control. So, the conversation um, from Hunt is going to be about cutting taxes. So on face value, he says that we're going to, the first cut from a personal tax standpoint is going to be national insurance. And we're going to, by making a cut there, we're going to actually um, gain sort of nine billion uh, pounds. But then we can't forget that the increase in tax that they decided on last year, which actually resulted in 45 billion in increase. So the nine billion is just offset against the 45 billion. So you're still of a negative. If you then look at it from a business standpoint, the, the net positive will be around 11 billion. 
but then we're, but then going from a 19% corporation tax to 25% actually created 11, 18 billion in increase. So in summary, whilst there is like a net positive 20 billion tax cut that they are given, they've actually taken 85 uh, billion, which leaves a net of 65 billion over like, they say between 2019 and 2028. So if I look at the, the staggering growth of the country, I look at the, the revised um, OBR outlook, economic outlook, and I think about what they're going to announce in March the 6th around taxes, which in the end is actually not um, a, a sort of a positive effect. And in the last compounding effect, which actually is around public spending, public spending has actually dropped uh, by 19 billion. And I don't see a plan or have heard a plan yet to actually inject further capital into the public spending sector over the coming years. I go back to the point around this is going to be a very, very difficult pitch for any government coming um, around general election. And personally, I'm very concerned at how we are, you know, going to, to grow the economy um, or, or ideas to grow the economy moving forward. So, so that's that's sort of just a flavor as to, I think, what's coming. But don't you've got to read between the lines and you've got to really look at the, the facts and figures uh, on in terms of what's announced, but what it actually means. That's interesting because I guess you and Daniel, and it'll be good to hear this, is you guys are going at it from two different sides. So there's a battle between the Bank of England and the government because the government, quote unquote, is trying to stimulate the economy by leaving more money in our hands so that we can spend, right? As you perfectly articulated, let's understand that the net savings over two years or whatever, they still have taken more in terms of tax. Mm -hmm. But then that in my mind would drive inflation though, because by leaving more money with us, wouldn't that then drive more inflation where Daniel, your side, that's not what you want. So will so, you now increase the interest rates? To, so it feels like two different masters that have two different objectives. Well, figuratively speaking, I'm holding the bank of interest microphone. And it's funny, everything P said, because the UK government often has amnesia, meaning it likes to do things forgetting what it's done in the past. Yeah. And when you think about what they're... I'm going to come to one of my favourite quotes from House of Cards when I used to watch it before I, I, I stopped. But when you think about what um, Andrew Bailey, the Bank of England governor, said in, I think, autumn last year, he said companies need to stop um, increasing the wages of their workers. They need to stop salary increases because this is actually hurting the economy. Whilst I didn't actually agree with him because the way that the cost of living and the cost of goods were ra rapidly increasing, it made everyone worse off, even so that the salary increases weren't even in line with inflation. But I, I didn't agree with him then, and I still don't kind of agree with him. But what I'm going to come on to is the government. And something that Frank, uh, Frank Underwood said in House of Cards in terms or in relation to a president is, it's easy for a president to make a promise they can't keep when there's an election around the corner. So when you look at the Conservative Party, you look at the Labour Party, they're going to tell you, the manifestos are going to tell you promises and lovely things that are going to make your ears tickle. You're thinking, yes, I'm going to be richer this time next year if they come into power. But let's be, be real. They're going to do a U-turn and scrap half the things that they, they suggest. Was it not last week that they scrapped um, one of the bills, about 80 billion or something? So let's not be real. Let's be real. The UK government don't really know what they're doing. They're trying to make promises they can't keep not understanding how it's going to impact the economy because they want to remain in power. That's what I'll say. I think, yeah, we've reached a point at which I was actually sitting there thinking, what, what are the real solutions? Uh, 
And I actually concluded that it's going to take everyday people like us to hold on dearly to the British dream, whatever that means to you, and to have a level of confidence, to have a high level of confidence going through the next couple of years. Because you can't all of a sudden just build a strong export business and start generating GDP that way. Um, tax cuts is not, a, is not a benefit to us. Innovation takes time. So, so the one thing that, you know, could happen overnight is people saying, look, I believe in, in, in the British dream. I want to see it come alive. I'm going to work harder, even though I'm being paid less. Or that is the only, as crazy as it sounds, it's the only solution that gets this country moving forward. And that raises the British productivity. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a bleak um, outlook and it's very unfortunate. You say, you, sorry, you, say work, you, you say work harder, forgetting that they want to increase the state pension from, what, 67 to 71. <laughs> work harder, yeah. The solutions are, the, we, we hold, I think, <laughs> we hold the, the cards. I think, before I get your opinion, Shua, on this, right, I think what P is saying is, right, I haven't heard anything in regards to, and what I'll be listening to is what they're doing to gain productivity. Because it's not always tax cuts, that will drive the GDP. Another big component to it is productivity. We're hearing so much about AI at the moment, right? And I'm not seeing how that's playing in our in the UK and in GDP. So that will be quite interesting. To, and that's going to be what I'm laser focused on is what are they doing to innovate and drive productivity? But Shuwal, any views on what we've been talking about? Yeah, this is this is something that I've I've been debating a lot with uh, with friends, including Pavila recently and a few others. Uh, it's, it's one of those difficult difficult situations because if you look at the US, because we've referenced it multiple times, as Daniel's also said, the UK is sometimes regarded as a as a younger sibling of uh, of America. They've got economic growth that many people would be. Uh, over the moon to have. Um, they've got inflation relatively under control, but then still the incumbent government in that particular country is regarded in a very negative way because despite the fact that the economy is growing and all these variables are going up and to the right, as we've said in the podcast many times, people still feel like they're worse off because of inflation, because of the cost of everything going up, because of immigration and a few other, other topics. So I think it's one of those difficult things where before I thought economic growth is is the the engine for everything, and if that's running well, then people will be happy and things follow. But I think we can also use the U.S. as an example that even when the overall market is growing, people are still struggling during these tough periods, um, and it needs other variables to to be included to ensure that everyone is happy enough with the government and things are moving in the right direction. So it doesn't really provide an answer to what we're looking for, but it's just there are also very there there are multiple variables we need to think about in these situations. Thank you, Shua. And to close out, I just got one quick final um, question for both, um, for everyone on the podcast, right? I think we talked about, did you guys feel like we were in a recession in the second half of 2023? And then also, which I think will help the listeners a lot, what are you guys doing based on the news that we are in a recession? Are you doing something different in terms of your finances, in terms of your career? your personal life are you moving abroad whatever it is <laughs> uh, it'll be good for you to share i'm going to start with yourself p um on this topic so did you feel like we were in a recession end of last year and what are you doing differently since the news has come out so yeah so personally i have treated the market as a recession since 2020 
And although we although we saw an artificial growth in 2021, it was artificial. So you knew at some point it would basically um, drop back down. But I've never just I've I've always just firmly believed that once you inject as much as 500 billion into the economy, that is going to be the start of a lot of challenges to come. And it, I, I personally, it's just always felt like a recession-like type um, economy. Um, you don't need, I think, um, data to tell you that. You can just, you know, see. Having said that, there's always, wherever, you, where, depending on where you look, there's always a bull market somewhere. So there are always certain people living a very, very high lifestyle, no matter what the economy looks like. So, so, um, um, but that, that's just my take on it. I think, I think we've been in a recession for a very long time. So I've kind of, I've kind of viewed it from that standpoint. And the, the strategy has has been the same. I think the strategy is it's a it's a principle of life, which is to continue growing my personal skill set, because then I'll always put me in a position where I can generate income, um, which will then increase my level of confidence, would it would it increase my ability to trade and transact. And I think I've mentioned this, I think I've shared some content around there are there is the economy that we live in, but there's also the personal economy. And so people need to think about. People should actually look at what does it take to grow a, a, a country economy. The same very the same factors you can apply to your own personal journey. So, still the same. Develop skills, uh, which which builds the confidence. Confidence then enables you to trade and transact, and that gives you um, a growth year on year. So that's that's sort of my um, plan, and um, just to just to remain focused. I just I, just to remain focused. Thanks, P. What about yourself, Daniel? On your side, um, when I think do, have we been in a recession? When you think about what contributes to recession, there can be a number of things, including a sudden economic shock, excessive debts, asset bubbles, too much inflation, too much deflation, or technical technological change. Well, I think we've seen a number of those over the last year, couple of years. You know, last year, when it comes to sort of slightly different but purchasing power and the cost of things, I felt a tight pinch, like that toddler kind of pinch, the one that gets you. And like that really pinches you hard because I don't like the well, gobby. Was that was that was that the energy? But specifically, was that around the energy prices? Was that the pinch? No, it wasn't okay. the pinch. I felt the pinch going into the supermarket. Like I'm mm. not one that tends to go to the supermarket much, mm. but I often go to get a few odd things. And I'm looking at the cost of things. I'm thinking the time. I remember like even just a kind of a benchmark. Schler used to be a pound. It was never more than a pound. Just okay, a Schler, yeah. a pound. <laughs> now that's like one pound seventy-five, two pounds. Um, I looked at, I went down, I was looking for some crackers for my son. I saw Oreos, £1.50. That pack <laughs> used to be 50p. And I used to buy them to make milkshakes mm. when friends would come around. I'm thinking the cost of things have just gone up astronomically that I'm thinking, I don't even want to, I don't want to be in here to buy things. Like, <laughs> it's just, I, and I often feel for those that are struggling and those, you know, families that have, a, a, you know, big, big families and may not have much in terms of income like how they must be doing it or how, must they, how they must be finding it. But it's just like last year, it's just, it's, things just seem to be more expensive everywhere you go, left, right. And even things where we thought it was a seasonal increase, energy bills, uh, fuel prices for petrol and diesel, those things have remained high. We heard that British gas, their profits in 2022 were 72 million. In 2023, that 10x, 720. The fact that the you know they can reduce and adjust the, the cost of um, your house fuel tariffs, they're not doing it. So I think there are many things that companies have just thought, you know, we're getting away with it. We're going to continue to do so. But for the everyday Joe, 
things are becoming a lot more expensive. You try and breathe outside, that's £10 already. You leave your house, bottle of water, now £2. Whoa. <laughs> can, 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 I just, can, I, can I just quickly add to that, actually? Um, so I've noticed, this, I've noticed a similar trend. Um, and I'd probably say where I am now in my career, I'm more aware of investing and inflation and things of that nature more than ever before. So when, I, when I've actually seen these price increases in the stores, I've actually gone, oh, inflation works. And it's just a, so everything I say about, I tell myself and others about investing because inflation will um, eat away at your cash. Here's the evidence. So there's an element of, okay, it does work. Okay, good. You know, I've, I've seen that's gone from one pounds to three pounds. Okay, I need to keep investing my capital. So it's, um, but yeah, it, I know what you mean, Daniel. It's, it's, um, and but for the listeners, right? And just to piggyback on that before I pass it back to Daniel, you have to invest was what, what P just mentioned there, right? Because if you keep your money just in cash over a certain point, due to inflation and price of everything going up, you can go to a supermarket and something that used to cost you a pound before is now costing you three pounds, right? Your pound stayed as a pound because you didn't invest it versus and investing can be investing yourself. It can be investing in the stock market. It can be investing in a property, whatever. You just can't keep your money in cash to a certain point, right? You obviously need to have emergency funds, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll pass it back to you, Daniel. So. Oh, no, no. I, I have finished my points. But yeah, in terms of did I feel it, I just feel like just like like Jesus and what said are you doing differently <laughs> what are you doing differently what are you doing differently yeah since I wouldn't say I'm doing oh since the news came out I'm not doing anything per se that's drastically okay. different I'm continuing to invest for the long term so and that's one thing I'm going to continue to do um, yeah I like that and another thing I did I actually moved my um, energy provider um just because I got stopped by one of those people at by the supermarkets and then we did a comparison and ended up switching. Can I can I also just add that to you some more serious point? One thing I, I have been thinking about recently is the outlook is bleak. The economy, we don't the light at the end of the tunnel is we're still looking for it. And so one thing I have been thinking about is what although whilst the focus is developing skills to then to then develop um income confidence and transact i have been asking myself what happens when an individual tries to operate in a market that is not growing or hardly growing what does that look like over a 10-year period and which markets are growing and what does that mean for your business interests and i think that's a very very because i think for to 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 expect to achieve astronomical growth within the market within a class or a market that's not growing is unrealistic. So I think I think there's a there's a real serious conversation that we should be having with ourselves around what does that mean? I, I know you've spoken about how property prices doubling every ten years is is no mm. longer the the case or the case outlook. study, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so and so this is this is a this is something which um, yeah, where is the growth that you can capture because you know it it may not be on UK soil as much as it was before if so i can go i can go next because i think that might partially answer that question that you have right i'm not gonna go to if i felt like 2023 was a recession or felt like a recession i think i echo everything that daniel said Uh, but in regards to what am i doing differently is i'm really looking at what i'm spending on and investing on 
right? So um, I did a previous episode, I think it was two episodes ago, 222, where I mentioned selling my property, right? I looked at it and said, okay, this is an area that I've got a lot of, um, or I've got debt associated to it, right? We see interest rates have gone up. Um, how can I move that capital and move it into another industry that I feel like is going to grow uh, more in the next 10 years, right? So if that's stock markets, specific stock markets, maybe not right now because I think the market's quite hot, but at a certain particular time, putting that in the market, and I feel like there's a more chance that some of these top companies, the S&P 500, et cetera, will grow or double in 10 years versus my apartment growing or doubling in 10 years' time. That's one element of the way I'm thinking about it. I'm also focusing on making sure that I've got a safety net of cash, Right. I think we've talked about that before, but as you well alluded to in the beginning, we haven't seen jobless rates drop to a significant amount. It's really around 3.8. In my mind, that's sort of the last leg or last pillar to really fall, typically in a recession. If they need to do cutbacks, there's potentially going to be a higher level of recession. You need to protect yourselves, protect your family, mm. and ensure you've got six months worth of safety net to be able to weather that storm in terms of looking for jobs. I've seen people apply for jobs. I've applied for jobs previously, right? And I've seen the time period to um, um, to get it secured. Get, recruit, get it yep. secured is a yep. lot different from from what it used to be. When I applied for my current role that I'm in, it was quick like that. If I've I'm now well. moved to another team, right? I'm seeing that it's now taking three six months to go through that recruitment. So you need to anticipate and have a safety net to protect you during that period of time. And lastly, um, what you can control is reducing your reliance or your fixed cost. So what I mean about that fixed cost is how much do you pay for your rent? How much do you pay for your car payment, right? If you are spending 500, 600 pounds a month on a car payment, maybe you should consider that and say, is that the right place for my money to go? Could I get downsize on that car? If it's um, your... Um, um, gym membership you're going to the best gym in the area you can go to uh, um, a cheaper gym and be able to so again i would look at all my fixed costs or stuff that come out every single month that are not sort of variable so variable you're looking at by maybe like your traveling you're going out etc um, cost and try to see how can i manage and reduce that because if you do end up losing your job within this recession which I pray none of our listeners have to go through that experience. But if you do, you're prepared in such a way that you can manage that period at a time before you secure your next job. So that's really my advice and what I'm focusing on on my side. But I'm going to pass it on to Shuel to give your views. Great advice, guys. And um, yeah, I hope for the, for the listeners that have, have made it to this part of the episode, I think this is where you can extract the, the most amount of value from today's discussion because there's some real practical observations and actions. I think... Just on that first question, Olu, about whether I've seen the recession or not in the last uh, in the last twelve months, it's an interesting conversation, right? Because on one hand, every restaurant that I've been to is full, every flight that I've been on is packed, the airport there are more people than there are seats uh, for restaurants and everything, um, taxis take forever to book. So all these factors over the last twelve months demonstrate that maybe there isn't a recession. But on the flip side, some practical examples. Um, for our UK home, an electricity bill typically would be three to four hundred pounds when we first moved into the home a couple of years ago. During the winter time, at the peak of the electricity gas 
increases, you're looking at a thousand pound a month just to run a house, um, a family home, just on gas and electric. And I've seen that also on the investing side where um, the running costs for uh, a HMO or co-living development have almost doubled in, in some months. And just one last example is even for our renovation work, a, a combination of renovation for a couple of projects would be closer to £400,000 just for the renovation. And now if we look at latest prices, you're you're looking at more on the £500,000 range just for the renovation work. So it's a mix of different factors. But I think the longer we go in to this recession, as we've discussed, the definite stickiness we're seeing in the prices. The, the one reminder that I would have for the listeners, though, is in all of this, there's a seasonality to it and things come and go. If you look at the 70s and the 80s in the UK, in the US, there was a period of high inflation, high interest rates, and it looked like the world was going to end. But we did make it through that period. And I think the, the questions that I've been asking myself, and this is going to your second question, Olu, about what are you doing differently or what are you thinking about differently? The questions I'm asking myself, and these are probably questions I would leave to you as a listener to assess your own situation. Um, the area that you are playing in, is it growing or declining, irregardless of the overall economy. So the, yeah. the, the areas that I'm in are, are healthcare and real estate. Both of these areas are areas that will have to grow, whether that you're in decline or not. But this is a question that you need to ask. The area that you're in, is it growing or declining? The second question that I would ask you to consider is, because you're a listener of Take Flight Podcast, you're probably very similar to these guys. We're going to work hard no matter which lane you're in. But where will you get the most return for your effort, whether that's industry, geography, country, region, is something to, to, to really think about. And I think your answer to those two questions should hopefully feed the, the answer to this final question, which is 10 years from now, what are no regrets moves for you? So whatever way you decide, what mm. would you say if I decide on this 10 years from now, it will be a no regrets decision. Mm. I think if you look at those different variables and you come to your answers, then it should make it clear what the next few moves should be. Um, and these are questions that I've been able to pick up from different conversations with different uh, people. And in this environment, you could potentially end up making it into an opportunity for you, your family, those, those around you. So I'll end on that. Perfect. Great way to end us off. And I hope the listeners have really gained value on a difficult topic, right? A heavy topic can be scary, but hopefully by listening to this episode, we've helped you navigate um, the economic storm and the UK recession. So I'll pass it over to Daniel to close us out. Thank you for listening to episode 224 of Take Flight Podcast. We hope you found it informative, educational, and enjoyable all at the same time. Until next week, stay safe and God bless. And if you have any feedback for us, find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast, as well as on YouTube and TikTok. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah, we never fly away.